Hello. Hello, ladies. Ladies. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies. I'm depressed, so I'm drinking a June shine that I found in my fridge. My friend, thank you to my friend who is cat sitting and left alcoholic beverages. That's, yeah, that's correct. Hard kombucha. It's hard kombucha. With what gin? Um, I literally have no fucking idea. I feel like somehow they just make kombucha alcoholic. Mm -hmm. But there has to be some kind of alcohol. But I don't know what. I see. I understand. Um, Depressed? What? (laughs) Yeah, depressed. I think after after a big busy time, I just get so... I have such a come down. It's crazy. I had a come down like in the middle of New York Fashion Week as well because I got there and it was so fun and busy and like being in New York and you lose your mind there. And then halfway through, I was like, I hate this. I'm sad. And then getting home... (laughs) Weirdly just felt the same. It's also just pissing down with rain here, um, which is never never nice for LA because the main draw card of being in the city is the sun. I honestly wonder how many people would live here if it wasn't a sunny place. No one. No one. Because it's <laughs> no one. that's all that's all there is to it is the sun and the chilled laid back laid back lifestyle that the sun gives you. And no one in Hollywood could, like, bear the constant rejection in wet weather. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, It's all engineered that way. So, oh, yeah. So I was driving today to pick up Polly from this ranch where she was staying while I was away. This bougie ranch in Topanga Canyon, which is, like, you drive along the PCH towards Malibu and then turn up into the hills. And really beautiful, but it's literally pouring with rain, like weather warnings, um, all of that jazz. And then the maps, the Google Maps was telling me to go a certain way. So I went a certain way and then I lost signal because I was driving down up these crazy hills in the middle of fucking nowhere and the pouring rain. And then I got to this part and it was just like completely blocked off. And I was like, oh, fuck, I've gone the wrong way. But I couldn't. Maps were still telling me to go that way, but it was literally like there was no way to go. So then I start turning down random people's driveways, which is super long. And then I get to the end of the driveway, realize it's a house and try and turn around, but can't turn around because I can't, there's no way. So I have to back up down this like crazy driveways. Mm. So I do that a couple of times and I'm like stressing out and I'm wondering what to do. And it's pouring with rain and the, um, yeah, the reception. And then I just drive back the same way. And obviously like the gate's still there. So I was like, okay, turn around, start driving back. And Grace, as I'm driving my car, when I'm on the side of a cliff, my car slides in the mud, like Easy. fully slid in the Easy. mud, as, like out of control. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to die. And I like slammed on the brakes and my heart went all crazy. This was like two hours ago. Oh my God. Hence the alcohol. And slammed on the brakes, my heart went all crazy. And then I just like drove to where there was reception, called the ranch and was like, I'm lost Google Maps. And she was like, oh, I thought they fixed that. I was like, dude, like, also I get it's not. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Not as big of a deal when it's not like crazy torrential weather like this to just like go around some wrong turns but it was still like 10 minutes with no reception in the middle of nowhere and she was like oh I thought they fixed that and then I hung up and then I burst into tears yeah. and sobbed for 10 minutes straight all the way to the ranch that's a terror any sort of slipping and sliding I remember being in the lake district and driving and we skidded on ice for like five seconds but it was the most terrifying thing it's really really scary ever any slipping and sliding in a car is 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 practically a near-death experience it's terrifying yeah so that happened happened. and then i picked up holly and just off air we've been chatting more about how hard a dog is but i don't want to bore you guys with it but i will say i just realized that i'm a single parent my friend on the phone was like yeah it is fucking hard and we were talking for so long and then she was like but you are doing it alone and i was like oh my god i forgot you had a partner (laughs) yeah i think it is actually good to talk about because i think now more than ever people are romanticized i don't know i just like tiktok is just full of people with cute animals and it's all you see and i feel like i very rarely see people talking honestly about how difficult it is especially when they're young and especially if you're by yourself i think it's It's... a big like shock to a lot of people who've never had pets and get one yeah and everyone is i know that people so basically the other day i was with people i was with these people in new york and someone was like yeah it's like having a baby And then my friend who has a baby, once that girl had left, my other friend was like, oh, is it annoying when people say it's like having a baby? And she was like, oh, I don't like find it annoying, but it just depends who would say it because it's obviously different to having a baby. But then I know so many people who literally have children who have said getting a puppy was hard, harder. And I'm not Mm. saying that that's the case for everyone, but I've had two different mums say having a puppy was harder. Like it is just... I think because with a kid, like, I I think there's just more, obviously you're way more exhausted and sleep deprived and it's like a completely different thing. But I think with a child, it's like, there's kind of more of a rhyme and and reason to it in the way that we can understand as mothers who have given birth to them. Like there's more more Mm -hmm. of like a bond and an instinct and kind of like when they're screaming, like you can kind of figure out why or something. And I do get with puppies... You, you just have to be, like, incredibly strict and you can get them on, like, a proper schedule. But, like, my when I just picked her up from the ranch, they were, like, the schedule they gave me, they were just like, okay, so 6 a.m., straight outside potty. Um, mm. Bring her back inside, feed her. 15 minutes later, straight back outside, potty. Then put her in the crate at – this is where at, like, 6.45 a.m. <laughs> like, like, then put her on the crate, one hour, potty. Back in the crate, playtime, supervised, 20 minutes. I was like... This is a full-time job. This yeah, is a full-time I was like, job. <laughs> I was like, when does one shower, like, exercise? Yeah. Like, and I... Yeah, it'll just get easier. I just... I think I think with my ADD, it's, like, just too much. But I love her. If she's disappeared by next week, you guys know where she is. <laughs> no more talk of Polly. We wipe all the episodes that ever mentioned her. <laughs> You guys will notice it's dead. It's like just dead, dead sound like it was in our early episodes. No one's noticed, but you guys should now notice the reason she's never been posted on my Instagram. (laughs) It's because I'm still like flirting with the idea of like not. I'm joking, but I'm not. But you kind of took them in as like fosters at the start. (sighs) I know. I know it is. Yeah. Grace did just, you just did just tell me that you were thinking about getting a dog and that I've scared you off. You scared me off. I think it's good. Cause I went to a hair salon and the guy had two dashins and they oh, were just yeah, so, they were just, I, I literally can't stop thinking about them. And it's like the first, it's the first dog that Zach's okayed. So we're like, let's just get two dashins. Let's just do it. Because I think we're so excited to like be reunited. We just want to do something fun and crazy. But I, I you are bringing me back down to earth. Because I do want a relaxed few months. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, it's probably, I think it's probably like, I don't know when I hang out with my friend, Julia, she's so calm about the whole thing. Like, she's just like, yeah, she's a good girl. It's chill. It's fine. And I'm like, I just wish I had that mentality. I think it's probably easier for some people. I think having ADD in general, I find like day-to-day stuff quite difficult. Mm-hmm. Like even just I'll, I'll look up and suddenly like my house is a fucking mess because I've put like everything everywhere. My drink bottle's like in the shower and like something like my laptop's in the fridge and I'm just like, oh my God. And then so having a cat and a dog who are like simultaneously like sprinting around the house it's like both it's like both the the double whammy yeah i've been obsessively i had to delete tiktok yesterday on the topic of adhd i just have i have no willpower it's like quite terrifying how little willpower i have um but i was watching tiktoks of kristen stewart at it's like fairness or berlin or something and she was talking about the backlash to her Rolling Stone cover, which I actually hadn't seen. And she did this. Have you seen it? I'm trying to bring it up now. She did this like sexy gym Rolling Stone cover where she's got her hands down the front of her pants. Um, oh, yeah. And she's got a mullet and she. Wow, is, she looks so hot. She looks so fucking hot. Like the whole shoot is really hot. And apparently people have just lost their minds and they've had to censor it for newsstands and it's turned into this huge right-wing talking point about how, um, you know, there's like an agenda to sexualize the youth and make them queer and she just spoke so amazingly about it. But she basically just said how we're seeing in real time what it looks like and how scandalous it is when you create a sexualized image that's not for male consumption and how Mm. confronting people find it and distressing people find it and how there's like a bazillion magazine covers of girls looking like hot and horny, but in a way that's like pandering to male taste basically, um, which I loved. It's it's so true. Yeah. She looks ridiculously good here. She's basically the writer goes with her to she's got this new film um, called Love Lies Bleeding. And it's a like a rom. I don't think it's a rom-com. It's like a romantic thriller uh, where she plays a gym manager obsessed with a a bodybuilder. (laughs) And it like turns into this crazy, like bloody nutso like road movie, basically. Um, And she had to get completely jacked for the role and her writing partner was basically just saying that she's just one of those people where whatever she does she just does it like exceptionally well straight away and it just drives everyone around her crazy but I just don't think I appreciated till reading this I guess just how talented she is how cool she is how smart all of the decisions she makes are and how she really seems to just not give a fuck at all (laughs) Reading the Rolling Stone interview. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I agree. I think she's I think she's very clever and cool. I remember when I realized that I remember when I realized that the that the reason I found her difficult was because she like wasn't pandering to us as like a celebrity in the way that we're used to. And Mm -hmm. I found that like jarring or something. Because I was like, oh, I, she's so awkward on the red carpet and like she doesn't have heaps of charisma. And I and I was just like, oh, I don't really get why people are into her. And now I've realized that that's what makes her so fucking cool <laughs> is that she's she just doesn't want to be a celebrity. She just wants to be a good actor. Yes. She said about this shoot, I want to do the gayest fucking thing you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> I still what's what's funny about her is I still find like sometimes I I don't know I think because I see her so much as being that really awkward character in real life and then she plays that in so many of her roles I think in like quite a lot of roles I've seen her in I haven't thought she's an incredible actor but the Princess Diana one I did but then I was like that is so similar to like obviously it's a hard role to play but it's so similar to your like personality in a way that I feel like she could like quite easily embody someone like that 
But I'm interested yeah. to see her in more like challenging different roles. I liked her in that like lesbian Christmas movie. Yes, I remember that movie. I think she like quietly does a bunch of stuff that's very quietly subversive and we don't tend to mm. think of her that way. And I think her just like putting her flag in the ground with this shoot and just doing something um, just super different was felt like a fun new perspective on her. And she talked a lot about her fiance Dylan Meyer and how they basically when they met, she was just a kind of hot mess and she lived in this house with like no curtains and no cutlery and like slept all day <laughs> and how now she's super healthy and they, um, they sit and write together for three hours every morning. It's like really cute. And they have a production company. It's so nice. She wants to start having kids. She's a screenwriter, isn't she? Or yes. Something. Yeah. I love the photo where she's on the weights and she's like kind of elevated and she's got the 69 jumper on. She looks 69 top on. She looks so fucking hot. Yeah. It is so. I love her with dark hair like that. Yeah. She just looks amazing. And I was just thinking, it made me think as well about how she, this is probably just who she's been the entire time, but she had to do this like drip feed of slowly almost maybe it's just her this has just been her coming to terms with her own identity in real time but I wouldn't be surprised if part of it's just Hollywood just wouldn't let her be herself in this way so she's had to slowly accrue the power to just present exactly as how she wants to and now she's just doing it and doesn't care anymore Mm. there's something very um I don't know I like it good energy (laughs) and good and also Yeah, and also it gives, like, meeting someone who makes you feel super comfortable being yourself. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Very, very cute, yeah. I'm a a fan of her these days. (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember what I've, like, said about her on the pod. I feel like I I didn't used to like her at all, but then... When I, I remember the first time I realized that how she is, is just how she is. And that was like when I saw her at a bar with her friends and she was just like the exact same. And I was like, oh, that's just your personality. That's so much more refreshing than you trying to be someone you're not and trying to like be this really funny, charismatic, celebrity fucking person in the media. She's almost just like an indie film actress who everyone would have just tangentially known if it wasn't for this bizarre life event that was the Twilight thing. Yeah, for sure. Like she just, yeah, it was kind of like Dakota Johnson doing Fifty Shades of Grey and then everyone kind of pigeonholing her into that weird thing. Yeah. And her having to kind of make her way out of that. Madame Webb. Apparently it's really bad. Really? Everyone needs to start being cool again, stop doing Marvel movies and start just being like Kristen Stewart and just being themselves. Highly agree. Um, I saw a film the other day that I fucking loved and it's called Kimba. And it's the true story of Kimba Smith, who, uh, who basically her story is super famous in the U.S., But basically in the mid 90s, during like Bill Clinton's war on drugs, she was imprisoned for 24 and a half years. She was like 22 at the time. And basically she had a naughty boyfriend. She was like this really, she was like college educated, middle class, like parents, both, I think like school teachers or just, or just, yeah, like super middle class, really nice um, upbringing, um, lived in the suburbs in Virginia went to college, was like quite nerdy and quite shy and she's black. And then in her mid twenties, she started dating this guy who just like paid her all this crazy attention. He was like a naughty boy and she went to like a party and met him. And essentially he was a drug dealer, which she didn't know for like ages. And then by the time she found out he was like abusive and kind of like coercive and basically got her to do a few things for him never transporting drugs and she never took drugs or sold drugs, but I think she like moved money around or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And essentially 
when she got caught, she was like, they they were trying to get her to give him up or not. And she was stays quiet for too long. And by the time I don't want to like ruin the whole movie, although it's like a true life thing, but basically she got sentenced to 24 and a half years in prison for crimes. She never committed. They just put the whole thing on her. And it was part of this like minimum sentencing laws thing, which still Mm. applies today, which basically means that like, no matter the circumstances of why you were in the position you were in, it's just like you did the crime, you did you do the time. And so they pinned on her like 266 grams of cocaine, crack cocaine, which is like oh a God. way more, I think it's like four times more of a sentence than regular cocaine because mm-hmm. crack cocaine was like what black people um, mostly had. And this is, yeah, in the mid-90s, she gets sentenced to this time in prison. She served like six years her parents are fighting for her the whole time and her parents in the film actually it's michelle hurd who's fucking incredible and um sean patrick thomas and then nesta cooper friend of the pod who uh was our first ever awd with is that what we called it (laughs) guest um plays kimba and she did and sadiq saunderson who's amazing as kimba's boyfriend khalif it was just such an incredible movie. Nesta did such a good job. And it was funny because seeing her in the trailer, I was like, oh, I'm not sure how I'm going to divorce like Kristen Stewart gate. Like how I'm going to divorce the like person that I know from this mm-hmm. character. And then I saw her and she was absolutely incredible at playing Kimba. And I went, I was like lucky enough to go to the premiere with her in New York. And there at the premiere, which was like super small and intimate was Kimba herself her lawyer who got her off, um, Elaine Jones, I'm pretty sure her name is. Um, yeah, Elaine Jones. She was there and Kimber's two parents were there as well. And they fought for like six years, non-fucking-stop, through, went through all these lawyers and then eventually they got Clinton to give her clemency. And now the film is out trying to like raise awareness about how fucked this whole situation still is today because Michelle, who was Kimber's one of Kimber's best friends in prison is still in prison today. And it was the exact same situation. So it's been 20, like two years or something since she got out. And there's just like black women in prison today, serving time. Like, you know, not only are black people uh, like unfairly incarcerated across the board, but it's just like, this is specifically about how like black women get these crimes pinned against them for their fucking Mm. partners who were like in abusive relationships or coerced or whatever. Um, And then they're just in prison for like their entire fucking lives. It's so crazy. That's so fucked up. What an amazing movie. And that's really special to be there with the actual people involved. That's shit. Like that just makes me so angry. It just, (laughs) yeah, it was, it was, such a beautiful way of doing it as well, because you know how those films that are like social justice issues it can be quite like on the nose with the way they're trying to teach you something or like yeah this call to action thing. And this, this basically the whole film was focused around a love story and like this young girl, like at the start, their romance is so sweet and it like gets you caught up in it. And then it's just about this young girl making like a fucking dumb decision because she fell in love and it's like that's the crux of it and then these people are in prison for the rest of their lives so i would like fucking love it if everyone would watch this movie um it's an independent film it got nominated for a bunch of awards and it won a sundance award but it's still like independent and quite like i just think they just don't have a huge distribution budget and as I was, like, hearing Kimba speak, I was like, the only reason this woman is reliving, like, the most traumatic time in her fucking life, like, is because she wants to make a difference. And then she was just, like, they were talking on stage, being like, if everyone in the world saw this movie, it would make such a huge change to the world because everyone would feel this connection to these people and it would, like, really humanize, like, what's going on and whatever. And I was just like, mm. fuck, like, I don't even know how many people are going to see this because it's coming out on, like... BET plus in the US like I don't know about international distribution or whatever but um hopefully hopefully there's a way for like you guys to watch it because it's it's like really incredible and I'm gonna try and like do whatever I can to try and like write about it somewhere or something yeah amazing can't wait to see it yeah yeah I'll, I'll find you 
Find you a link. Nice. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So Paloma, I think when we finished recording last week, like within an hour, this piece had gone up and was going all over the place. It's an essay Paloma Elsessa wrote for The Cut about the kind of, I guess, the curse of being first, the price of being first, it's called, and just how her experience, I guess from the outside, we've looked at her meteoric rise as a supermodel and all the incredible achievements she's had in the last few years first like non-straight size oh storm <laughs> pockets needing is his face but yeah the first all these achievements that she's made and how it's felt like it has made huge inroads for size representation you and I have always been skeptical about this and have always like kind of joked about how Paloma is just used by so many brands as a kind of like she works harder than any other model in the industry because she's basically carrying the weight of all size inclusivity on her shoulders. And this is the first time that she's kind of just spoken about the weight of that pressure and how she's been just carrying so much I don't know like I was just shocked by the degree to which she's been carrying so much abuse and criticism and critique on her social media channels this whole time and just never really sharing that or or making that the narrative because the pressure is that she has to look like she's thriving in order to encourage other young models to follow in her footsteps and just how unfair that's been on her yeah, I think we literally talked before she did this and when we started talking about New York Fashion Week last week and I said, Paloma's working overtime. She's the only plus-size model I've seen on the runway and basically people are just putting her in stretchy dresses. And then this mm. came out during New York Fashion Week right at the end and it was just so refreshing to hear her finally speak her mind. But I hadn't realised that her returning to the runway this New York Fashion Week was after her taking like a massive break and that she'd gone off social media and it's because she won model of the year and then the amount of like hate and vitriol against her basically saying that the only reason she won model of the year is like a diversity pick and like how fucked the industry is now that like fat people are winning these things and how bad it is promoting obesity including from people like Kanye West and just how fucked up it is that her being like do you not think that I think all of these things about myself mm -hmm. when I mm -hmm. am feeling like shit? Do you not think I'm ugly? I think I'm ugly. Do you not think I think I'm worthless? Do you not think I think that maybe I'm a diversity pick and like actually really bad at my job and a bad model? And her also just being like, the reason I continued doing this for so long silently is, yeah, to open these doors for these other women. And yes, it has been happening, but at the same time, like, it also hasn't been happening at the rate it should it should be. She shouldn't have to carry all of this. Yeah, exactly. I think what it's highlighting is that, and we've talked about this before, the size inclusivity question for fashion is such a fundamental structural 
shift for the whole industry. And it's basically every designer needs to make samples at a different size. So just to mansplain how the runway works for anyone who doesn't understand, but a designer makes a collection. They're focusing on the collection first, and then they're thinking about which models are going to wear it on the runway after they've designed the clothes. And they're designing all of the clothes in one single size just for the sake of simplicity and making it easier, which is why all models look the same going down the runway because they all have to fit into these samples. And that's what every single fashion brand the world over uses is the same sample size, which is like a size eight Australian. Um, And so whenever we see size inclusivity on the runway, like you said last week, Izzy, it's often taking someone who's not sample size and giving them a really stretchy garment and just shoving them. Like the effort isn't often put in to give them clothes that are designed and made for their bodies to look as beautiful and amazing and flattering as possible. And that additional effort that needs to be done by fashion brands to have a size inclusive runway is to make different garments in different sizes and put more time and energy into finding the models to fit them. And it just seems on this mass level that brands are just unwilling to do it yeah Um, and I think that Paloma and Precious Lee and Jill I forget Jill's surname I always think it's Gila Tequila because it's Gila Tequila (laughs) Instagram but they were kind of emerged as these amazing new faces that you saw at a whole bunch of shows but as so many models and like Paloma said in this piece the value of that is only if they open the door for a lot of other people to follow. And it does feel like there's just been this stagnated um, plateau by brands, especially in the last few seasons. And it must just be fucking exhausting. It's not fair to put it all on one or two people. Yeah. And also for them to feel this pressure of the, of all of the other plus size models to have to be there, to have to show face, to have to, yeah, not let up your, not let your guard down in terms of like showing how bad the hate and vitriol is because then other people might jump, be jumping on the bandwagon or whatever. I, I, yeah, I fully agree with the the sizing thing. I was just thinking like, as you were talking about, obviously Margiela's show in Paris, which just had so many incredibly diverse bodies on that runway and done in the most seamless way where you didn't even notice that the runway was diverse because the clothes mm. were so beautifully made. And I was thinking, like, as you were saying that, I was like, were, they, were, the, were, like, a lot of the clothes made in these different sizes? And then I realized that by using, like, off... I mean, yes, probably, but also by using, like, corsets and different things that can fit very... Like, Chapova, Lowena, Lowena, um, the way that those skirts can fit any single body Mm -hmm. like they can just be they can just go on a size eight or a size 20 and they and they fit it's like I get that it costs money and whatever and I'm not I'm not putting this on new young designers to have to have that like innovation um to be able to cater to all these different body bodies in that really early stage where you need to create a runway show but I think it is there's a lot to say for just like considering those things like sooner. And also on these bigger runways, they, they really have no excuse. Like it was kind of shit of me to, I mean, I was, I was like thinking about it Lada when I was thinking about Paloma being in a stretchy dress, but it's like, I love it Lada as a brand and it's kind of shit of me to like shit on this young, they're not young, but they're independent and they're not making crazy revenue when it's like these much bigger houses um, have so many more resources and so much, they so much more should be put on them to be figuring this out instead of us putting it on like Paloma. <laughs> exactly. I, yeah. It is kind of troubling. I think I found that the last few seasons, it's like the, the unwillingness to change it even fractionally is kind of scary. And it speaks to like just how deeply rooted the obsession with thinness is in the industry And I just think the reality is that someone like Paloma is going to burn out because they're carrying the weight of this by themselves. And then other models are going to be less inclined to follow in their footsteps because it's just like, (laughs) 
who would want to open themselves up to that much criticism. Everyone, every young woman has insecurities about how she looks and every model has insecurities about how she looks. And to have the whole of the internet pay into those insecurities regularly is just something that most people would just never want to open themselves up to. Yeah. At the same time as her being like one of the most beautiful women on the planet. Like it's just so stupid. I fucking hate. I bet, I bet so many of the people commenting that stuff are men. Mm-hmm. And also what we talked about with the fucking beauty standard with these models is it's like you can have one thing that's different, maybe, which is to be plus size, and then you just have to conform in, like, every other way. And if you're mm-hmm. plus size, you have to be a certain – you have to be, like, hourglass-shaped – and you mm-hmm. have to have a beautiful – it's like Ashley Graham. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just exactly. absolutely perfect elsewhere. Like there's just no room for you to be anything else, which must be a, a crazy pressure on top of that. Like it's like if Paloma was plus size, then had like a breakout. It's just like mm-hmm. it's fucking game over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you said, I remember talking I, – when I interviewed Emily Ratajkowski, she said that where she just said – even with size inclusive, like size inclusivity, quote unquote, those, and I'm like, I don't know specifically any people, but there's a pressure to get surgery or to do certain specific things to fit that beauty standard, mm-hmm. like you say, about how it should look and where the curves should be and, and what your body needs to look like. That's still policed. It's not like it's not policed anymore. It's just a different yeah. fucking standard hate the world, just want to give Paloma a hug. She just always comes across, I think, as so assured and confident and calm and zen and together and amazing, and and she is all of those things. I think it just, it's like so hard to think about someone who's naturally like that, just being literally sitting down as she opens the essay and praying she doesn't win model of the year because she knows she'll get a torrent of abuse. Mm. like how fucking disgusting is our society that that's something that even crossed her brain yeah and she comes across as so kind um at the same time just like a very vibrant beautiful person and even like i don't know it even just goes back to what we talked about like forever ago about how people like she she said where was it she said um since speaking out to see Free Palestine, I've lost two magazine covers and been met with hateful comments from strangers, um, like about sexual assault and stuff. But I was like, just that when I read that, I was thinking it's crazy how she is already faced with so much vitriol and abuse and still will use her platform to speak out about something she cares about and, and like people she cares about. I'm just like, it's that's speaks volumes yeah, about what volumes kind of person you character. are to not be. Yeah, volumes to your character. Yeah, exactly. Um, 100%. Yeah, she's great. She's a great writer too. Yeah, a gorgeous girl. What are the comments saying, I wonder? Everybody's nice in here. Oh, apart from this person. We guess so much about the absolute shallowest and most ridiculous occupation, modelling. <laughs> I mean, it's a horrible, vapid industry. <laughs> True. No lies were told. There needs to just be, honestly, I just, I'm shocked that we've gotten this far into being on the internet and haven't come up with some kind of authentication process or something to stop this kind of pylon culture happening anymore. It's like the answer to me seems so simple. I think someone suggested before on Twitter, it's like you have to be, your account has to be verified with your actual name and your ID. So your if something comes off your account that's hateful, you can actually be personally pinned to it. And if you refuse to verify your account, then you can't um, comment publicly. Like you can just lurk, but you can't comment. And I'm just like, that would literally change the world overnight. That would change so many people's experiences of existing. It's the worst thing that most public figures say about their job is dealing with like these vitriolic. And a lot of them are just either people that are mentally ill or completely self-loathing or 
miserable or sad and probably deserve a lot of pity, but they just shouldn't be allowed to, they shouldn't, you just legally shouldn't be allowed to. It's just, yeah. it's just crazy that it's still a thing. My son is being insanely needy right now. <laughs> You'll probably be able to hear his purrs on the, on the mic. Looks so cute today. A cameo. All right, so on to the big news of the not to clap in the middle of my sentence. On to the big, big news of the week. J Lo's album is here, and along with it, her movie. Confession from from me. I didn't like fully grasp the concept of what this movie was. I thought it was just a movie accompanying her album in the way that like I just thought it was kind of about her life I didn't realize that the movie was like a literal musical including every single song from her new album and her acting around it yes crazy it's genius (laughs) don't you think like it's like a full it's like like one music video Yeah, yeah 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 one music video for the entire album I've Fuck, featuring like Fat Joe and Jay Shetty and Jane Fonda, like yes, was, yes, 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 yes. It was truly deranged in every way that I hoped and prayed it would be. I was wondering where all of these celebrity cameos would come in, and they're like <laughs> one <part>. gods. <laughs> they're like the gods, ancient Greek gods, but they're all the different star signs watching J Lo from above and all fighting about her future. And I just can't believe she got Jane Fonda, Kiki Palmer, Trevor Noah, Neil deGrasse Tyson, and Sad Guru. I just thought Sad Guru would be like, I don't know, a voiceover or something. He's fully in there in a toga with Sofia Vergara. I love Sofia Vergara. That's he's like a mystical spiritual leader. It's, it's so a insane. Really great lineup for the, the astrological gods. I love because I was also like she was talking so much about astrology, which fucking I fucking love. And then they were the On zodiac brain. council, <laughs> and basically like so it starts and it's so 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 chaotic at the start. I was like losing my fucking mind, and then I realized oh, I don't want to ruin it. But then you get like a twist and it all makes like a little bit more sense. And then <laughs> a little bit, a little bit more sense. And then, yeah, it just runs through how she's been engaged and married and fall in love a bazillion times. And all her friends are oh, my favorite part ever. Oh, Jane Fonda said it's like a Vanderpump Rules reunion. Her like love life. I was shocked. And then my favorite part was when her friends go to do a, um, intervention about her like getting married to all these men and she comes home drunk wearing a leopard print coat with this young guy this young like street kid wearing like baggy jeans and like a cap and they're super drunk and the friends are like trying to do the intervention and then a gun falls out of the guy's pants and she starts going pew 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 <laughs> she's like pew 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 it's a toy gun and it's like a real gun <laughs> it was very so the whole theme like the overarching theme of this movie is how Jen's a hopeless romantic and she's been through the ringer and 10 years ago she got her heart really, really bad, whatever it was, badly broken, which I think was about Ben. And mm-hmm. that she then jumped into all of these chaotic, crazy relationships because she was so heartbroken that she couldn't deal with it. And then her friends all like watched on and thought she was a love and romance addict and how really it was just because... She was away from the person she was meant to be with the whole time, which I found very sweet and cute and lovely. Yeah, it was definitely Ben because they were on the motorbike together at the start. And yeah. then they had the crash. She should have had the crash. been more um, explicit. She should have been more literal about that with the, the paparazzi and stuff. Like they should have, I guess that would be quite Princess Diana-esque, I guess. Yeah. Yes. That was really... It was ve- once I realized that's what the whole thing was about. I thought it was very sweet. I also thought it was funny because it was so much like settling scores with people. Like her friends met up with her and said, "You're a love and sex addict," and the whole thing was just about how they were wrong and they were stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and then what was the other one? Or oh, like when all, all the husbands are in the therapy chair with her and they're seeing all of these things, all these valid criticisms to her, and she's like, 
you just don't love me enough and you treat me like shit and slams the door. And it just felt like so much score settling with people from the past. I know. Jen's not, Jen's like partially evolved, but I don't know if she's fully evolved. No. (laughs) She's still a pee. Yeah, she's, she's a pee who, like, I just think, what is her, so what is, after all of that, what is her star sign? Great question. I feel Leo. Yeah, I don't. Leo, yeah. She's a Leo. Done. She's she gives fucking full Leo. That's like the worst kind of person to become famous. What is what is a Leo is just quite like loves the spotlight and mm-hmm. um yeah, just loves being like center of attention. Uh I also just feel like Jen has some sort of Taurus in her. She's she's kind of the she'd be so hard to say no to and then I think she got famous so young and everyone just said yes to her it would just be you'd just be in this really bad point now but can you believe I was thinking about how she was literally going out with like that fucking Alex A-Rod guy I know so we recently. all completely erased him from our memory for good reason I loved how Ben played the he played did you see that he played the like Fox News presenter. Yeah. Thoughts and feelings. <laughs> I was kind of into it. It was random, but. Yeah, I was wondering when he was going to return. And it was kind of weird how he didn't return at the end to be the, the end of the love story. What did happen at the end? I zoned out. <laughs> yeah, I, I zoned out too. But I, yeah, he didn't return. For it. But I kind of liked that it was implied. There was something about like the love factory. I mean, I loved, I thought the dancing was, was great. You could see that our friend pal Paris had had a lot of input into the dancing. It was very her. So that for me was the best part. It was insane. Like it was an insane odyssey. I feel like I've, I'm, I'm not proud to say it, but I feel like none of the songs were bangers. Yeah. I think though, with those kinds of songs, you need to listen a few times. Many, many, many times. And then you start liking them. There was no get right. No, there was no get right. Which is fine. I love that she's just rich and famous enough that she can just want to make this and just make it. It cost $20 million to make. It honestly looks like it costs more. It looks like it costs more to make than like Transformers. It looks like the budget <laughs> was like $150 million. <laughs> Definitely feels like it would cost more than The Idol. Yes. I don't understand fully the point of it unless Amazon just said you can make this. I don't know how yeah. many people will actually watch it realistically from start to finish. I think we're in the minority. No, for sure. Uh, Variety Variety were cute about it. They said, but it's not only the subject, but star, co-writer, and executive producer of an interlinked series of music videos. Lopez showcases above all else how tough it is to express oneself personally after more than 30 years in the public eye, resulting in a just shy of feature-length film that offers much to admire, even if it's not fully successful. <laughs> That's true. Vox just said this This is me now is the most J-Lo thing J-Lo's ever done. <laughs> It really is. She's just in her own little universe. And I think that's what I love about her is I never, you never feel like she's trying to be anybody else. She's just in her own lane, doing her own thing, being her own special person. She's in her own little dream world. And that's fine. I can't deal with what she made the Bronx look like when it showed her going back home. <laughs> she made it, she made it look like the seventh gates of hell. It was like this like Tim Burton, like overcast, <laughs> moody lighting. It looked like a prison. It was a bit rough from JLo. I know. Yeah. I think everyone should watch it. I liked her wedding dress, her wedding sequence. That was my fave. Same. I loved the wedding sequence. I looked so up and it was a different man every two seconds. And I was like, this is so special and then she was singing and dancing i can't believe she just spent so much time making this she looks so pretty i couldn't get over that and i thought about it when i was watching it that like we were just gonna be like she looked so pretty (laughs) because she did how she looked so good at this age (laughs) and she was wearing a little gucci adidas and i'm just like i love that 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 collaboration i think happened like two or three years ago she's like not wearing it 
Like, it's not <laughs> tied to a brand. You know what I mean? Like, I just love that about her. Yeah. She's just true to herself. I, um, I like the dancing in the glass house. I have her JLo um, products. I should try them all. Which ones? Beauty? Just fashion? like all her beauty products. You got to send them. Yeah, my friend gave me them. <laughs> There's so many different things. They also stock it in Sephora. So I'm like, it must be like kind of good. Is it still fant- like the fantasy bottle? No, it's new. It's, it's JLo Beauty. Um, oh, yeah, JLo Beauty. So I've got like the star filter thing. I'm pretty sure she has butt. She has butt like cream that makes your butt all nice. <laughs> I would trust her for that. I would trust her for that sort of stuff, like skin. I mean, I mm-hmm. would trust her for everything. Look at her. Yeah, I don't believe she's ever been drunk. I don't believe she's ever come home late drunk with a with a man. Mm, yeah. I think she just came home with a man. Um, all right then, I've gotta go. <laughs> it's past my potty schedule. <laughs> time. Um, Sending love and light while you're in this in this difficult time. Thanks. Um Bye. <laughs> Bye. Go watch JLo and Kimba, everybody. <laughs>catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.